0: Welcome to Rama for Today Radio.
1: So you see, we need to get cleared up a lot about this desire business and, and agreement business, you know. It's, it's scriptural, it's biblical. But uh, sometimes, folks, it's the easiest thing in the world to die. I know I've been there. I think I've been dead twice. That's the easiest thing in the world to die. It's the hardest thing to do is to live. And a lot of folks just get tired after a while and they just rather go on and stay here. And it isn't a matter that faith and prayer and all doesn't work. It's just a matter that, that that was their desire that was their will. And you can't push your desires and your will off on them. Are you still out here? You're going home.
0: You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue with more from the Message series by Kenneth E. Hagan. What to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. Stay tuned. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on how you can get this week's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagen's classic message.
1: I think people always think I'll just ride the pastor's faith, but they won't. Are you still here? You're going home. So I said to her, all right, just whatever, you know, I'll just come down there. What can you believe? See, I tried to get her to believe the Bible, believe the Word of God, be healed, you see, not have to have the surgery. She said, well, at least I can start out believing here. I believe that God will see me safely through the operation. I said, okay, I'll just agree with you then. We'll find something we can agree on. And so we agreed that uh, she'd come through it fine. In fact, I, I said in my prior agreement that, that the doctors would be astounded. She'd come through so well. Well, she had the operation. And this is absolutely a fact. Early in the morning, you know, and then about eight o'clock that night, one of the doctors came around. He said, uh, I see here by the chart that you haven't had anything for pain. She said, no. He said, are you hurting? She said, no. She said, he said, you have any pain? He said, no. Now, he said to me afterward, you see, that we... uh, after the operation, that we just made a long incision. In fact, cut her stomach completely open to see if there was anything else. And there wasn't anything else except what they already knew about. And so he said it this way. I know it sounds a little crude, but he said, Oh, you've got to be a-hurting. Lying up there in bed with your belly cut wide open. You have to hurt. She said, Well, I don't. I don't have any pain. Don't hurt. Well, I'm going to ride down here for him to give you a shot. And that's the only shot they ever gave her. He said to me after, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. He said, nature will heal you up so fast. But she's come through it so fast. He said, this is nothing short of miraculous. Right. This is a miracle. Now, that wasn't the best miracle God had, but it was still miraculous. You'd never seen anybody with their belly cut wide open and hurt, did you? Right. But that's the way we agreed. She said, I agree on that, that she'd come through it and would mend so quickly that even the doctors would be astounded. Well, now then, she started exercising her faith. Her faith started growing until, until she developed strong, you see. Are you following me? Praise God. But you see what happens with a lot of folks is that they expect to ride somebody else's faith all their lives and they can't do it. And then they'll just have little enough sense, bless their darling hearts, to say, well, now that faith business doesn't work. I tried that. Well, that's the reason it didn't work. You tried it. It'd be like somebody head off up the highway toward Dallas and said, I tried to go to Galveston, I couldn't get there. You just can't get to Galveston. It'd be, it'd be just as much sense to it. Said, I tried that faith business and it don't work. Yeah, it does work if you get on the right road and head in the right direction. Amen. Amen. Now, let me tell you something else on this thing. You see, not only, like I said, you're not going to push your desires off somebody else. Uh, there's two things here and I think we can learn something from it. We're all in the process of learning. We never will get to in this life where we know everything. Even the great apostle Paul himself said, we put himself in on, we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Well, thank God for the part we do know. But uh, I remember several years ago, I was, uh, was going to Kansas City, actually. I drove up there to uh, speak to Full Gospel Businessmen's Convention right at the uh, first uh, Saturday night, I believe, of December. And uh, I'd been preaching over in Oklahoma, and I'd come back down to Texas, and then we were going to stop by and trust because I had some business to tend to. And, and, and you know, I'd I'd been gone for six weeks in a meeting, and you have a lot of business to tend to when you come home, you see. Well, I, I had a sense, you understand, an, an inward intuition of somebody of the door flying open, somebody falling out of the car, see. Well, I had to travel. And I didn't take time to pray and wait on God. Usually, if I take time to pray and wait on God, when I have these intuitions or something, I'll find out what it is, see. And you can pray the thing through and and can avert a lot of things. But I thought, well, maybe, you know, it was it was raining and 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 maybe it's us, and ordinarily, I just don't, I don't ever, maybe we should, I don't know, but I never do wear a seatbelt, but when I got in the car and headed up the road, I put on the seatbelt for the first and only time in my life. And my wife said, "What? why did you do that? I said, well, I just don't know. I keep having a, an impression, an intuition or something on the inside of somebody being thrown out of the car. And I don't know whether the Lord tried to tell us, and we didn't have time to do a lot of praying. I mean, we're busy with a lot of things. And I said, I don't know whether the Lord trying to tell me it's slick, you know, and raining, you know, and, you know, I don't want something to happen, you know, and me get thrown out. So she put on her seatbelt. Well, we got up to Kansas City, and, and, and uh, then uh, just as I'd, uh, well, just before I spoke, really, we had a uh, you know, banquet first, you know. Well, it says you got an emergency long-distance telephone call. So I went to the phone, and Ken was calling, and he said, one of my nieces, just 25 years of age, was an automobile accident, were thrown out of the automobile. Well, that's what I had, you see. And I wished I'd have taken time. I'm sure I could have averted it. But I didn't have time. I was, you know, we get busy like everybody else does. And she was critical. Well, I said to her, he had prayed with her, and I said, tell her we'll, we'll pray and, and we'll, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we're coming on in, so we'll... We'll be in there tomorrow. So I, I went, and the doctors, you know, they just didn't give her any hope at all. No, no, None, whatever, to live. But we'd pray with her. She knew us. She was conscious, and we prayed, and, and, and she began to respond. In fact, the doctors themselves said, one of them said to me, he said, I'm going to tell you the real truth about the matter. I mean, he just almost, just gleeful, just, you know, just look, just, just, just almost laughing, you know. He said, you know, if she just held her own, we would be glad but she's improving.
0: Oh, praise
1: God. He, he said, man, it, I'm going to tell you the truth about it. In the shape she's in, if she just held her own, it would be a miracle. But he said she's responded and she's improving every hour and every day. And he's just almost gleeful about it, you know, just, praise God. you know. Well, every day we'd visit her. She's in intensive care, all right, but they'd let us in there because they realized when we came in, she responded. And so they'd insist that we'd go in and lay hands upon her. And pray, praise the Lord, and encourage her. Well, every day she's showing improvements. She's just coming right along. And uh, we were back out in our house. We lived in Garland, a suburb to Dallas. And, and in the nighttime, before I looked, because it's 4 o'clock in the morning, I suddenly sat straight up in bed just like somebody touched me. And, and I knew it was the Lord. I said, Lord, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? And I began to search around in my spirit. And I said, Ann's quit me. See, as long as I could get her to agree with me, but I said she's quit me. I knew her spirit had, had left me. Can you understand that now? Yeah. Right. I knew that. And so I said uh, and, and, and so I, I, I said, "Dear Lord, help me to pray about it." and I lay there and prayed some in tongues and went back off to sleep. see Well, my wife got up and then before I ever got up the phone was ringing off the wall she got to the phone and there's one mother the niece is down there and she said Uncle Ken A.R., come quick come with the nurse the doctor wants you to come Ann's given up she's, she's, uh, she wants to die she said well I said uh, see that's what I knew at 4 o'clock in the morning we'll get out there just as soon as we can but they wanted us to come because they said now then I mean <laughs> I mean, now there's not really any need of her dying but if she wants to she will And so we rushed down there. But you know, she wouldn't even talk to us. She saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, but she wouldn't even talk to us. Now, I don't know, but one or two things happened. She got to praying in the Spirit, and I think she got so close to the glory world that she got to looking over there and said, I'd rather be over there than here. <laughs> I'm talking about from what evidence some things that she said to others. She never would talk to us. Probably her sister there, you see. That she, she was praying in the Spirit. She got so close to the other world, she, she got a peek over there. And she, uh, she didn't, she wanted to go. Well, you know i keep somebody here and them wanting to go and them wanting to stay. Huh? Yeah. So you see, we need to get cleared up a lot about this desire business and, and agreement business, you know. It's, it's scriptural, it's biblical. But uh, sometimes, folks, it's the easiest thing in the world to die. I know I've been there. In fact, I've been dead twice. That's the easiest thing in the world, to die. It's the hardest thing to do is to live. And a lot of folks just get tired after a while, and they just rather really to go on and stay here. And it isn't a matter that faith and prayer and all doesn't work. It's just a matter that that, that was their desire and that was their will, and you can't push your desires and your will off on them. Are you still out here or are you are going home? I know we had a young man up there in Garland in the First Assembly of God Church. He was a young minister. He went to Southwestern Bible Institute, and then he was there, sought as youth minister. And uh, he uh, also worked for his dad in law Well, there was an accident, an explosion. And actually, again, it wasn't God's fault. Uh, he and, and his brother-in-law and, and his dad in law had warned them again and again, don't do what, don't do that handle gasoline around an open flame. And his dad in law you see, had warned he and his and, and his own son, you see, the brother, don't, uh, uh, many times, don't do that, and they just persisted in doing it. Well, now, that's not God's fault. You can't blame that on God. Because, you see, first, they knew better. Secondly, they'd been warned at least three different times, don't do that. You just can't handle gasoline around an open flame. And somewhere another, this fire's right there, and he had a five gallon of gasoline. See, just a big can, you know, with an open top. Some sloshed out over there into that open flame, you know. And, of course, it just jumped right up there into that can and exploded all over him, and he's burned severely.
0: You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. This month, we're offering the paperback book by Kenneth E. Hagen, What to Do When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost. Plus, the book by Ken Hagen, You Can Make It, and CD message, Walking with God by Ken Hagen. All three tremendous resources are yours for just fourteen ninety-five. dollars That's eight ninety-five dollars off the regular price. Call now to get this very special offer, 1-888-FAITH-99. Strengthen your faith and grow. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's one 1-888- 888 Faith 99. Start your new year off right. Don't delay. Call 1 888 Faith 99. That's 1 888 Faith 99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. You, you can watch Rhema Praise uh,
1: videocast. That's right. Uh, and you can listen to rhema, rhema for Today Radio. And you can read the Word of Faith magazine. Uh, all of this online. can be done online at rhema.org. .org. That's right. If you want to do that, and you also can download uh, our, our app from the, to the iPhone or the Android, and, and also watch, watch our us. services live at ten o'clock on Sunday morning, seven o'clock Sunday night, and seven o'clock on Wednesday night. Central time. Central time. Okay. Yeah, you always get that in there. I've I got to get I, that I, in there. Well, I do, I don't think that way. So know. I'm glad you do.
0: <laughs> Uh, you're, the, you're the detail person. Not I
1: me. am. I am. I'm your helpmate. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. That's right. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue to strengthen our faith with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan what to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.